My name is Keith Beavers. Did we ever find the guy who put the bump and the bump, the bump, the bump, the ram and the ram, the ding dong, the bop and the bop, shabop, shabop, and the dip and the dip, the dip, the dip? Did we? What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode 9 of Vine Pair's Wine 101 Podcast. My name is Keith Beavers. I am the tasting director of Vine Pair. Vine Pair Keith on Insta. How are you doing? Sweet. Jammy. Smooth. What does it all mean? Let's drill down. Get your drills. We're going to drill down on these three things. This episode of Wine 101 is brought to you by Apothic, the wine brand filled with mystery and intrigue. With names like Inferno, Dark, and Crush, these wines are bold in the glass, yet easy on the wallet. And Apothic specializes in deep reds, so you'll be sure to find smooth and sweet options with a jammy quality. So sipping them, then you can say, and things got interesting. No, really, it's actually their tagline. To check out Apothic and other amazing wine we talk about on Wine 101, follow the link in the episode description to thebarrelroom.com. Okay, so we got to talk about these things. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, we here at Wine 101, the, the big deal is to get all the information to the wine lover so that the wine lover can go out there and enjoy themselves and then get a bottle of wine and sit with that wine and enjoy that wine in whatever way they want to enjoy that wine. But often what comes to me is these questions like with terms because terms and wine is, is tough because we as humans try to interpret what wine is giving us and it's not always perfect. And then it's a word that everybody knows, but then people interpret it in different ways. It's kind of crazy. So let's talk a little bit about the, Three, um, three of the closely related terms that I get questions about all the time. What is sweet? What is smooth? And what is jammy? They're whatever you want them to be. All right. End of episode. Bye. JK. Actually not JK. It is really whatever you want it to be. When you're enjoying wine, you enjoy wine however you want to enjoy wine. If you think something is sweet, smooth, or jammy because your brain is telling you so, then that's what it is. But if you want to drill down, like I said, get drills out, <laughs> it's, we can talk a little bit about what m- makes our brains perceive these things. And in this case, it's what is called tactile sensations. Sensations that you can kind of grab onto to understand because there is some sort of science behind it. Ooh, science. And when I say um, tactile sensations, what I mean is the texture of a wine, which Jedi wine master Jancis Robinson puts very well. Texture is the dimension of tasting that draws together attributes such as smoothness and astringency that produce tactile rather than flavor sensations on the surface of the mouth. Chances, you've got away with words. Thank you. And as far as our body is concerned, <laughs> or our brains, when we're nosing a wine or sticking our nose in the glass and trying to draw out aromas from out of, like pick them from out of nowhere because wine is so mysterious and crazy, 
we're using our olfactory bulb and our orbital frontal lobe. That's, that's how we're trying to understand that. But when it comes to texture and understanding that sort of tactile sensation on the palate, we're using what's called, if I can pronounce it correctly, the trigeminal nerve. This is the nerve that is your face. <laughs> it basically is the nerve. Like if you, if you ever get too close to a fire and you're feeling that heat, that's the nerve telling you like, yo, you might want to back away. You're going to burn yourself. Now, this nerve does have a connection to the sense of smell as well, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about the interrelated terms you will hear in wine that are related to this particular part of your face. Astringency, body, viscosity, bitterness, acidity. These are all these tactile sensations that you can taste or feel or perceive on your palate. And of that list I just named off, it's viscosity and body that we're dealing with today. Because when you're looking, when you're researching wine and you're trying to understand these terms, you're not going to find smooth or jammy in the Oxford Wine Companion. But you will find sweet because sweetness is actually one of the main tasting, one of the most fundamental components of tasting wine. Yeast seeks out sugar. Yeast converts sugar to ethanol. Yeast dies and there is always sugar left over. That's called residual sugar. Sugar is a building block of wine. So of course, sweetness is going to be a part of it. So let's start with sweetness and then we'll build off of that. Simply put, a wine mainly tastes sweet due to its amount of residual sugar. You'll hear it a lot in the wine world as RS. Dude, there's a lot of RS in this wine. But it's complicated because your ability to sense the RS or residual sugar in wine is impacted by the other things going on in the wine, the acidity, the tannins, actually even the temperature of the wine, or if it's a bubbly, the CO2. There are other results or um, I should say products of fermentation that can add to some of the sweetness and some of the body viscosity, which we're talking about in a second, and that's uh, glycerol and pectins. Now, these aren't, they don't contribute a ton to wine, but they're just kind of part of the building block of the body of a wine that, that helps you perceive this sort of sweetness and eventually kind of a jammy smooth. Glycerol, which comes from the Greek word for sweet, glycos, is what's called a polyole, which is a organic compound containing multiple hydroxyl groups. I know that's really intense, but all that really means is multiple groups of molecules, meaning it it open it it fills the space more. So it, it's it's one of those things where it's it builds tactical sensations because of its multiple groups. My brain hurt trying to figure that one out. And this is this glycerol is not it doesn't. It doesn't add a lot to the wine, but it does add some. Like I said, it's a building block, and it's found mostly in wines with concentrations from four to six grams per liter of residual sugar. A dry wine, which we'll get to in a second, is usually 0.5 to 2 grams per liter. Then there are also pectin. So pectin is a natural product of plants. It's a gummy sort of material that is called a carbohydrate pot they're called carbohydrate polymers and they're the, they are the gumminess of plants that help cells 
come together. And it actually, if you get a jelly or a jam that's been naturally made, the, that stickiness in the jam, that is pectin. And sometimes in more bigger jelly or jam brands, they'll actually add pectin to give that gummy sort of jelly jam vibe. But it really comes down to residual sugar and the other product that yeast converts sugar to besides carbon dioxide, ethanol or alcohol. Ethanol or alcohol can taste sweet because it was once sugar. So the natural residual sugar in a wine is helping you to perceive the wine has some sweetness at different levels. And in addition to that, if the wine has a high degree of alcohol, that alcohol is going to contribute to the sweetness of the wine. This also increases the viscosity of the wine. And viscosity, if you remember from the first, I think it was the first season we talked about this, it's the extent to which a solution resists the flow of movement. And viscosity can be perceived on the palate by the resistance of the liquid as you (laughs) rinse it around your mouth. Honey, almost impossible to rinse around your mouth. And then you have maple syrup, less viscous than honey. Easier, but you still feel the resistance. Water, of course, less viscous than maple syrup. And an increase of 1% in alcohol strength in a wine increases the viscosity by about 1.03 units. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it starts to become more perceptible the higher up it gets. Perceptible? Is that a word? Now, like I said before, a wine that has less than two grams per liter of residual sugar is considered a bone dry wine. But with this alcohol situation happening, if that wine that has less than two grams per liter has a high alcohol, it'll actually be perceived as sweet. And this is why it's complicated. All of this is perceived in addition to everything else happening, the astringency, the acidity, some bitterness, and all the other phenolic compounds that make up wine. And the thing is, like with this, everything that I just said, the viscosity, the sweetness, the pectins, the glycerols, the alcohol, the residual sugar, all of these elements in different uh, proportions will actually give your palate the sensation of smooth and sometimes jammy. And that's what's tough because smooth and jammy are very general, um, sort of uh, not clearly defined terms in the wine world. It's just literally the something that you say that comes to your mouth when you sip a wine. So the smooth and the jammy vibes... Uh, it stems and arrives at your palate through the perception of sweetness and viscosity. And that's why there's no hard and fast rule because every wine is different. Every wine's level of viscosity and residual sugar and sweetness is different. And you can kind of just enjoy wine. And then when you understand sweetness and viscosity with those, with that knowledge you can come up with yourself like, okay, this is a smooth wine. This is a jammy wine. If your brain says that, you might even want to look into the wine to see how much alcohol it has, to look up to see how much residual sugar it has, and get an idea of how that wine was made, so then you have an idea of what you said was smooth or jammy. And something to keep in mind, there has been, 
I guess I don't know how to put it, but there was a stick. There's like a, sometimes there's a stigma on the word sweetness or a sweet wine that's not really made to be sweet so much like a dessert wine, but that there's a perception of sweetness on wine. But that's okay because that is the fun one of the fundamental things we use in tasting wine. And yes, there are wines out there that are very sweet. I say, you know, I had just said that there a bone dry wine is less than two grams per liter of residual sugar. And when you get up to four, six, and above that, it's going to be sweeter. There are wines on the market right now that are upwards of 20 grams per liter of residual sugar. That is a very smooth, very jammy wine because it probably has a higher alcohol, like 14 or 15. So you're getting this sort of like soft, jammy, smooth, usually red wine that the tannins are kind of melted away. And the thing is, when people start drinking wine, I don't know where you are in your journey, but I know where I was when I first started. I was drinking gasoline, not gasoline. <laughs> I was drinking wine I bought at gasoline stations. Brands that were big, alcoholic, and sweet. That's where I got started. That's where a lot of people get started. So there's nothing wrong with sweetness. The cool thing about sweetness in wine is you get to decide where your threshold is. And as you get more and more into wine and trying more wines around the world, the level of sweetness and the level of jamminess and the level of smoothness is going to just go up and down like a roller coaster. And you get to decide where your threshold is. It may even change. You may be like, you know what? I really just dig sweet wines. And then at some point you'll try wine with a little more, a little more acidity. Yeah, it's still a little bit sweet, but it has some acidity to it. It's broken up a little bit. You're like, oh, okay, and you move on, move on from there. Or you don't, doesn't matter. But don't worry about sweet or saying a wine is sweet because they're sweet. And as long as there is sufficient um, characteristics like acidity to balance out that sweetness, a wine that is perceived as sweet may not always be cloying or too much. So there we have it. A breakdown of three wine terms that are always front of mind for wine lovers. They're like, what do these mean? So now you have a sense of it. So next time you're drinking a glass of wine and it's a little bit smooth, a little bit jammy, maybe a little bit sweet, you know what you're looking at. Or I guess you should say what your palate is feeling because it's tactile. Tactile sensations. I'll see you next week. Find Pear Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pear headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pear. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pear, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pear staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. Gallo Winery is excited to sponsor this episode of Vine Pairs Wine 101. 
Gallo always welcomes new friends to wine with an amazing wide range of favorites ranging from everyday to luxury and sparkling wines. I mean, Gallo also makes award-winning spirits, but you know, this is a wine podcast. So whether you're new to wine or an aficionado, Gallo welcomes you to wine. We look forward to serving you enjoyment in moments that matter. Cheers. Visit BarrelRoom.com today to find your next favorite, where shipping is available.